American. I'm Katie. And this is episode 13. Oh, yeah. Episode 13 of A Little More Free. Recording from my deck and the beach. Yay. Holly's Island. Yay. Oh, there! Come there, you are in an air conditioning unit. So we're just gonna do the best we can today, as we usually do, with more (laughs) than usual. (laughs) So there's insane amount of starfish down here. Oh, really? Really? I've never seen starfish at Polly's. There's tons of them. They're all washing up on the beach. We're like trying to save them, but we can't save all of them. I got this insane video of one in a tide pool that I posted on my Instagram and um, a day or two ago. And it's been really bizarre. At this point, uh, Larkin and I lost internet connection again. And so we had to relocate to get closer to routers. And I ended up coming inside. So I thought I would just share some of the starfish footage. So we had a little pause in the relocation there from the first yeah. initial try attempt. Hopefully this will work. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. I keep fooling around with my, my screen settings. All right. Just trying to get the lighting to be, I have this giant glare on my glasses. Oh, well. Okay. All right. Back so, at the ranch. We've covered the starfish. There's yes. I was going to say, like, um, this is, I thought that starfish only came on where there were reefs. It's, it's bizarre. And I Googled it because there was one kind of trapped in a tide pool, like a, a small tide pool next to a larger tide pool, but then near the ocean but not that close to it and i was like do i and it was like fully alive and like moving around and doing all this crazy stuff with its arms that i didn't even know they did and i'll i'll send you the video it's crazy and um i was like well what do i do like if i leave it here it's gonna die you know so i looked it up and it said i saw something briefly a like you're not supposed to touch them because of bacteria okay so i finally what i did was scoop it up in a bunch of sand and then I just transferred it to the larger tide pool and you know hope for the best but today there were just so many like the ones that were still moving we would try to scoop up and put back but you know it was just ridiculous and I've never even seen one here and so what I saw online was I want to research it further but this one website I saw said they were there's some kind of like wasting disease going on where they're not able to suction to the bottom. Like usually they suction down to the bottom and now they're not able to as much. So they're getting washed ashore. It's, it is, it's completely heartbreaking. Like it's crazy. And at first it was like, Oh, cool. Starfish. Wow. But today it was like, you know, I probably saw like 
50 at least, if not more. Oh my god. And gosh. a lot of them were just like stranded and it had already died and that's I wondered so... too if it was that the like the oceans getting warmer so they're moving more north. I don't know. I know. Of course it's I'm thinking unusual. like what did we do to create the conditions? I for know. This? What didn't we do, honestly? <laughs> and it's weird cuz I just bought these uh sweatshirts with stars on them like literally the day before we came down here from fringe benefit like i saw this and then like a gray one that's like this with stars and now there's all these starfish and i'm like what is the meaning of this of course i'm trying to find like the hidden spiritual meaning in it all <laughs> no no but check it out so um i jade mentioned um the other day i did a shamanic um journeying little zoom workshop with him over the weekend. It was really awesome, by the way. One of the things I wanted to share. Anyway, he was saying that the presence of synchronicities are just an indicator that you are like on your path, Hmm. that you're in alignment with your soul. Right. Yeah. And like, what do they mean? Sometimes they don't mean that much, except that you're, you're on your path and you're where you need to be. Right. Yeah. Kind of like that. Cool. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But <sighs> it's too many starfish. It's like, please, please go back out to sea and like, and they crawl. They have these little tentacles under the, the arms and they will like crawl. Like one was like crawling and like reaching its little arm up and like it was just like oh god (laughs) oh gosh yes all right i know they have you made a list (laughs) i did i did it's been a while because it's been a little while i know (laughs) i like that yeah (laughs) um Yes. Yeah, so I do have a list and, you know, we, we don't have to get to all of these. Some of them are like just cool things I learned, mm. um, you know, like the shamanism, shamanic journeying thing I did this weekend. I, there were just some cool things that I didn't really ever know before, mm. even though I'm experienced in journeying. Yeah. And, um, also like, uh, I had this, this, uh, something somebody f- shared with me from Carolyn Mace and I haven't followed her in a long time, but it was kind of timely. And I don't know, it just, there was some really interesting things she said. So I wanted to share some of those. And then some are some stories about people that we know that I think I can share. Like, I think it would be fine even if I shared their name, but I'll just share the story without the name. Yeah. <laughs> Um, right. Anyway. Sounds good. How about you? I mean, I have a list in my mind, which probably will vanish once it's time to actually talk about what's on it. But I'll just say I've been feeling amazing. The beach has been incredible. Of course, it's one of my favorite places in the world. And I've been coming here literally since I was born, you know, with you guys a bunch of times and different, you know, now my cousins are here, different, different phases of life different people, different boyfriends. It's like, just brings back so much just being here. And now my little baby cousin is seven. And so like, we've been collecting shells and playing in the wave. It's just been amazing. It's, and the full moon is going to rise like over the ocean. Oh my God. <sighs> I'm just really happy. <laughs> I'm just blissed out. And I'm like, 
I got up and watched the sunrise yesterday. Um, I've just been feeling so myself, which is incredible. Mm. And um, realizing just like how really honestly, like self-conscious I've been all my life. And like somehow that's fallen away, like not completely, but to a large extent. Mm. And it's just like, no, I'm me, I'm here take it or leave it, you know? <laughs> I don't think you were self-conscious back when we, when we would come to Goldberg. No, no. And you would spend all day eating chili willies. <laughs> <laughs> no. Like, you know, you were about this about, thin and you, like, you ate thin. chili willies all day long. Yes. <laughs> oh, oh, it's just, a, it's, it's imprinted in my mind. See, we didn't get chili willies, but I did make pina colada popsicles. Oh, grown up chili willies. <laughs> yes. <sighs> well, that's wonderful. I, I just, uh, I mean, that's the goal, right? Yeah. You know, I feel like I've spent, you know, 20 years or maybe more trying to get back to how I was before I was nine. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. And just, you know, yeah. Fortunately with a little more wisdom, but yeah. Sometimes it doesn't seem like it's worth all that much. <laughs> also, I was thinking about when we were here, it must've been 2015 when you gave, you did that tarot reading for me. And I was here when I found out I was going to Maui, like pretty much immediately after our beach trip, because this house hunting or house sitting opportunity came up and I had to say yes or no. And I was like, uh, uh, uh yes, yes. Okay. Yes. And then you gave me the tarot reading with the, what was it? The fool or the hangman? I forget. It was I mean, I think you had several major arcana in there, but the one that really stuck in all of our minds was the fool in reverse. Oh, yes, that was right. That's right. So like not the positive aspect of the fool, you know, the empty mind, but like the, <laughs> the not so cool trickster. Yep. You know, playa. Yep. Kind of. Nee, 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 nee. I know it's wild know. in retrospect now, like it is wild to think about that. Although I have to say, I don't feel like I gave you the reading. Mm -hmm. I feel like I interpreted, helped you to interpret the, the cards, but yeah. you chose the cards. And the only reason I'm saying this is because mm -hmm. I think that some people have better luck with things like tarot than others. Oh, yeah. And I have some theories about why that is, but I, I felt like you drew true cards. Mm -hmm. Like they turned, they were very true. And yeah. And maybe that was because it was just that time in your life, you know, and it all came together, or maybe this is a, because you're a you know, Taurus Scorpio, <laughs> mm -hmm. and this is one of your mediums, you know, right. like a, a physical Oracle might be, I don't yeah. know, just bookmark that for, okay. 
for later but yes <sighs> yeah I remember that reading and that moment yeah it's too wild it launched a whole a series of a uh, whole phase mm-hmm. yeah well onwards to your list my list ah, all right <laughs> <laughs> well so it's so funny because like it like literally changes moment by moment but um so this this shamanism shamanic journeying like little zoom workshop that i did with jade this weekend i mean there were only a few people in it there were like I don't know, maybe six of us or something. And so we met on zoom and he, he actually spent a long time teaching. Mm. And then we just had this like real short journey, but the key thing that I had never um, had with shamanic journeying was that he, he made a point that the whole goal in journeying is to enter that ecstatic state and to go through the, it's an emotional ecstatic, um, you know, experience. Mm. And it is not meant to be a mental process. And in fact, that if you're doing a lot of thinking during your journey and stuff, you're not in the journey. You're in your subconscious mind and you're not really doing the journey. Right. <laughs> and I think I had always thought that I was supposed to like record my experiences, you know, bring back like a list, you know, the description of everything that happened and a narrative, right? Cause that's right. the information of the journey. Right. But his, his whole thing was journeying happens in the journey. It's not information that you bring back. It's an experiential process. And that like, um, the journey that we did was, um, where Eagle brother, you know, Eagle brother, first shaman, <laughs> this is the mm -hmm. core of like a lot of shamanic traditions. Um, you know, it's, it's Eagle, it's Eagle and Eagle brother, uh, who is kind of the facilitator of, you know, transforming energy mm. and, um, Anyway, that uh, Eagle Brother eating the snakes of the snakes of darkness in the underworld. Oh, wow! And and so the and he said that once that happens and that energy is freed up and becomes transformed into golden life force energy, then you can use that to shoot up into the celestial realm and align with. The, re the reality, the higher dimensional reality that reflects that newly like um, transformed life force energy. And then you come back into the, you know, come back into the earth realm and then you're done hmm. and it's done. You don't need to talk about it. You don't need to analyze it. You don't need to know about it. Yeah. It's happened. It's sort of like, you know, mashing out the bread it's done. <laughs> and he said, you can do successive work on, on an issue, you know, sort of like polishing more and more of the, whatever that is. 
mm-hmm. but you don't ever need to redo the journey that you just did. Like, or like it's done. remember all the things or <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's not a mental process. There are no do-overs. It's like you've done it. Yeah. And I was like, that's cool. That's like a totally different way of doing it than I ever did it. And, um, so then like this specific journey was about, it's just really simple. It's like you connect with what your heart's desire is. So if your desire is like, you know, I've been working with to be Mm pain-free, um, and, and other things, but you know, it's like you, you, when you, the way that you make it effective is you focus on what you want. You pick something as the focus and you, and you get really in touch with that. And then you go into the underworld and Eagle brother eats the snakes of darkness, <laughs> meaning, meaning it's just in a, you know, a mythic way of describing that, that, uh, that Eagle um, takes whatever the obstacles are that are preventing you from connecting with your heart's desires, transforms them into golden life force energy. He can do that. That's amazing. He just freaking do that. Eats the snakes of darkness. This is my new favorite thing. Okay. Proceed. And then you shoot into the celestial realm and you connect with the reality that is, you know, that is aligned with that liberated, newly liberated life force energy. Mm. And then you come back and you do it with drumming in this one, he drummed for us Mm. and recorded it. And so I actually took the recording. I created an audio recording for myself. Oh, cool. That's just the drumming and it's really short. And so you can just, you know, do it in like, it only takes like five minutes or something. Wow. And very cool. I actually have a a drumming app for journeying. Oh yeah. 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 I guess that's right. You can get those. I was feeling sort of like, where do I get it? And then, and then he sent us the recording. Yeah. That's much. much (laughs) And then I got the recording. So I was like, cool. But, um, what I've noticed is, and then there's the other, the uh, so, so that was, I've now done maybe six journeys, like on my own, just I'm polishing away at things. Yes. yes. Um, and what I, what the other part he said was, and this is something that I'm coming to appreciate, but appreciate about shamanism is that he said, as long as you are connecting, continuing to connect with your heart's desire, then whatever that shamanic transformation, you know, has happened is yours, Mm. but it's that if, as long as you are continuing to connect with your heart's desire, which I've discovered feels like, you know, you, I can't just now go lay on the couch and do nothing Hmm. and expect the, the, the results of my shamanic work to just like wash over me, pour upon me, you know, like, yeah, (laughs) like mana from heaven. It's like, I still found myself needing to like engage with like, Oh, like I want this, 
But then I noticed that like, it was showing me things like things were different, like remarkably different than they had been just before. And like one of the things, cause like, I feel like this thing with pain is like got a bunch of layers. And so I keep having to go, go in. Um, cause I have not cracked the pain issue completely at all since our last conversations, I'm still dealing with it Yeah. anyway. Like one of the things that after my most recent one, I noticed that I, I just caught myself is in this habit of like, just really subtle, small, but constant negative self-talk. Oh, and I just wow. had never noticed it before. Wow. And I was like, oh, I'm doing that. Yeah. So then I stopped and I was like, oh my gosh, I think this is like the little tiny cuts that just Mm -hmm. like constantly wear away at you. Yes. Like cause pain. Yes. Probably. I mean. (laughs) Well, it's interesting because I remember back in the winter when we were into the parts work, that seemed to be helping some with the pain, right? At least, at least moving things. It was like, I felt like I would like have a breakthrough and then I would slide back. Yeah. You know, like the negative self-talk that is one, you know, that's not your true self. That's a part, right? I know. I know. Except that, well, yes. And I, but I, and I think, I guess maybe there's a lot of parts that do it. Oh yeah. And probably like, cause like I, it was just this little small voice, just Mm -hmm. a very subtle one, not the big voices. I like, I feel like, felt like I had dealt with the big voices. Yeah. It was this little tiny one, maybe. I mean, it was, it was just this very subtle, like. anyway. Interesting. So what it, did you engage with the voice or were you able to just, once you noticed it, you were able to turn it down or off? I was able to just stop. Cool. You know, oh, I don't need to do that. Dang. Yep. Like there wasn't, that was, and that also felt different. Um, pre shamanic journeying versus post was that it was easy mm. to not do it. Yeah. You know, Cool. Whereas like, I felt like with the parts work, I had, there was more work involved. Yes. That's probably why I didn't do very much of it. (laughs) Honestly. I'm like, I gotta do what? I gotta make what kind of list? I gotta interview Hugh? Like, I was like, and there's a butterfly I'm going to follow to the field instead. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. So I'm just, I'm just sort of, you know, I was just, I'm sort of buzzing in that. It's mm-hmm. kind of cool. Um, we'll see, you know, That's um, I will cool. have more to report. I'm sure. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Eating the snakes of darkness. I'm going to write that one down, like post it somewhere. <laughs> I, saw, um, I saw a smush snake on the road the other day. I like snakes. Oh, I do too. I love snakes. It's just a metaphor, I think. Yes. 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 But I always, I'm like, 
I don't know. You know me. I'm always like on the lookout for the omens and I'm like, hmm, smush snake. What's that about? Hmm, dragonfly. Hmm, starfish. <laughs> like, yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Since we are surrounded by synchronicities when we are in alignment with our heart and with our spirit. Yeah. 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 I had a brief moment of thinking that like, you know, the perfect job for me is since none of these things that, so like I told you, I hadn't cracked the, the whole pain mystery, you know, cause I thought for a little while that it was, you know, that I was, I was done with working for other people and maybe done working on on projects that, you know, I didn't really believe in, you know, mm -hmm. and that weren't like in alignment with like my, like, you know, my sort of like lifelong values and my sort of, you know, like the mission <laughs> to help the planet. <laughs> yeah. Right. To be a um, love ninja. Yes. Yes. You know, truth, justice, and enlightenment. Um, and I, and I think that I've decided that, or I, I had sort of realized that that wasn't it. Like those aren't the criteria because like, I, I'm still like having like, it's now migrated up and it's in my, sh between my shoulders again. And it's been really bad. Although this morning, not really anyway. So I thought I should, my perfect job is to teach yoga <laughs> yes. since I, since yoga like feels really good. Like this would be a way for me to like move in a way that's like therapeutic and <laughs> earn a living. And I thought, oh, how ironic here's, this is like something that Larkin doesn't want to do. Oh yeah. And like, this would be perfect for me. But then I was like, oh God, I have to go back to school and get certified. And I don't feel you can like get it. certified in a month, babe. That's what I did. Well, how much does it cost? I don't remember. Maybe two grand. Oh, that's reasonable. Yeah. Yeah, but then you can't really make that good of money. For a month. How much money can you make as a yoga teacher realistically in this area? Well, the thing about it is, and then also I will say it's really if you need it for your income, it's not great for your body to be doing yoga all the time like that. And when you're teaching, you're not practicing, right? You're teaching. So you're doing like the pose on one side and then you're walking around the room to like adjust people and, and whatnot. I mean, I think if you like what I did for my videos, which well, I've only done one of them, I've only published one of them, but where I just did the practice and then I later did a voiceover and put it online, like mm -hmm. that might be the way to go. But why is it hard to physically hard to teach a class? I don't understand. You, it's not the same as participating in a class because at least my, where I was taught, which was Kripalu for my, for my undergrad, no, Kripalu for my 200 hour and then Shakti initiation for my 300 hour um, or 500 hour. And that was still like two teachers from the Kripalu lineage. 
you really aren't supposed to be in your own practice when you're teaching because your your role is hold to hold space. Mm-hmm. Your role is to be watching the students and to see, oh, that student's not practicing warrior one safely because their knee is like way too far forward of their ankle. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you definitely get a workout. You def- you know, you're definitely in your practice, but it's kind of like, I was saying like, okay, I'm going to demo this pose Mm -hmm. on the one side and I have to always be facing the class. So then I have to turn it. It's just, there's a lot going on. I'll just say. So, so if you were, if you were not stressing out, do you think it still would be physically demanding in ways that I'm not imagining? Well, it really depends on, on what kind of yoga you're teaching. I mean, I was teaching when I was, when I did teach full time in DC, I will say I, I did really enjoy it, but I was teaching between 15 and 20 classes a week. Mm. I was teaching, you know, power yoga, anywhere from kindergarten classes. I was teaching in schools. I was teaching corporate. I was teaching in studios. Um, So from kindergarten age up to, you know, power yoga, like let's work out like, Oh God, I would hate that. I'm not. So, so so, So you would teach you would need to be selective about what you wanted to teach. I'd imagine you would teach gentle yoga. You would maybe teach restorative yoga. Um, Just Hatha, regular old. Regular Hatha yoga. Yeah, not the flow, like doing a million chaturangas and backbends and. No. No. So (laughs) you're not going to teach headstands and the major acrobatics. No. No. You know, and you're walking around adjusting people like support. Sometimes when I would teach, I didn't teach headstand that often, but like, you know, you're spotting people. Um, it's, I would say you could very much turn it into, turn it into what works for you. Mm-hmm. And that would probably be great. And I think, you know, like the yoga with Adrian, she clearly has honed her business and her online, you know, presence and marketing and all of that stuff. And I sure is making a lot of money doing that. Um, and, you know, I really, I enjoyed teaching restorative. I enjoyed teaching gentle. I didn't mind teaching the power yoga stuff, but it just felt wrong. I mean, it just didn't feel right to me. Yeah. It was like, this isn't why I'm doing, this is not, not what I love about yoga. Yeah. Um, and I really love teaching private yoga, like going into people's homes. Like I, I had a couple of clients on Maui where I'd go to their homes and, and they didn't, you know, I never had anyone that wanted to do something crazy. They usually had like hip and back pain. So mm-hmm. um, then I could really tailor a practice for them and really assist, do hands-on assisting throughout most of the practice that was really helping them stretch more deeply and get into their bodies and breath and all of that stuff. Um, 
but I think, I mean, if you want to teach yoga, I would say, I don't, I don't know if I want to teach yoga. I was just thinking, I was just thinking, you know, if I need to find a way to work where I can move the whole time, yeah, but it's not moving in a way that's like, you know, grueling and stressful. Like we, um, we worked on our garden over the weekend. We put a fence around it and stuff so that oh, the cool. possums don't dig up our pots and whatever. And I was dead after that leaning over. Cause we had to yeah. dig a trench and stuff to like bury the chicken wire fence so that they wouldn't dig underneath. I thought I wanted to die That's intense. Yeah. afterwards. And so it just reminded me, you know, not all movement is created equal and some of bending over and lifting things and stuff is not happening for me, but like, you know, easygoing yoga mm-hmm. <laughs> is I could do that all day long. Yeah. More or less. And so I was just thinking, well, I could do that, but then, I, you know, you could do that. And I would say the way to make money and do that is probably finding some private, older private clients who who just want a mellow practice to help them do some stretching and breathing and maybe a little meditation who wants, you know, that accountability and that support. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, I'm sure the philosophy and spiritual aspects of it you would really resonate with and enjoy and be able to teach that as well um and I think if we were to start our own business yoga business I would be much more likely to want to teach yoga really (laughs) yeah so what would that look like um we could do like mini private retreats, um, have like a handful of private clientele that like, I feel okay. like we would have a similar vibe and energy. Okay. Let's yeah. bookmark this Okay, next to week. after the next topic of conversation, because it is about <laughs> creating a retreat center actually. But, but I have to sort of wind you there sort of the the long way around. Let's do it. Um, Ooh, it's getting very overcast out there. That's what's going on. We might have more rain. Yay. We finally got rain here. Oh, good. I hope it rained for us because we needed rain. I mean, I would think it would have, it was, it was like a, it was a downpour late sort of like in the evening last night. And then there was thunder that sounded like fireworks going off, like pa pa pa. Wow, pa 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 pa. I've never heard that before. All right, I missed that. And it and it went on for quite a while. A lot of rain. So that's awesome. Um, so someone that we both know—you don't know them that well—who moved to Maine a couple years ago, who used to be in construction, contracting, carpentry for a lot of years, who several of my family members have worked for. (laughs) 
Okay. Yeah. Maybe. Anyway, this person had gotten kind of burned out on the contracting sort of trade, Mm -hmm. um, had started as a carpenter and done contracting for many years and moved to Maine a couple of years ago. And um, Stefan is visiting. So oh. Stefan told me about all this. I'm going to get the report Very cool. in a couple of days. Um, I think I know you're talking about. Anyway. So they, it turns out that they found a, this shop that builds boats the old fashioned traditional way out of wood. Cool. And there was some apprenticeship program that you could, I think, pay to go to school and learn how to build boats the old fashioned way. And they, it's, it was like a two-year program. Mm -hmm. And apparently there's both men and women do this program. Wow. And just graduated is over the moon, happy with their life, just thrilled with everything. And um, all those skills, the woodworking skills, right? The carpentry mm-hmm. skills, they have all come in. <clears throat> and that is really cool. Now has um, is running a job where they're they're like leading a team building a boat for money. Wow. So like they're now working in the field, building boats the old-fashioned way, <laughs> the traditional way. And like, is just so happy mm. and, um, working on getting a char- charter captain's license or something to be oh, able cool. to lead to, you know, boat tours and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's just amazing. And, um, you know, this, th- I was just so sort of charmed and inspired by the story of like, you know, here's someone who was very unhappy with their career and their work for quite a number of years, but had all these great skills, right? It's sort of hard to turn your back on these skills. Yeah. And then found this thing that's like really speaks to, you know, their heart and uses all those skills, but in a way that just feels completely, you know, amazing. Wow. And, um, and they're making money at it and it's working and everything is good. Wow. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's the um, dream, right? Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, uh, and actually there's the, the other tangent that, um, I wanted to share about the whole Carolyn Mace thing. Mm-hmm. She has a, the, uh, I noticed when I first heard about this story, my first reaction was like this little spike of envy. (laughs) It's like, why can't I find that? And actually this is something that Carolyn Mace talks about that like, it's really natural, but we, it's some, it's one of the places where you can really dig in and break that pattern. Mm -hmm. And there's all these good reasons to do that. But anyway, um, because like, what's good for you is good for me. Right. Like the, uh, 
a rising tide lifts all boats and like anything that is going to, you know, that is good for another person to find their, what they love, what their calling is, you know, or to create it for themselves. Like that is just a benefit to all of us. Yeah. Um, Anyway. So I was thinking, you know, like, well, what could be something like that? And I was talking to Stefan about it. And so of course he's in transition, I'm in transition. So he's like, well, what could we do together? (laughs) And you are too. You are too. Of course, I pretty much usually am, it seems. Well, not all, (laughs) every couple of years, every couple of years is transition time. (laughs) Yeah, bring Stefan on into the podcast. I know, I know. I don't know why he hasn't been interested, but we'll, we'll check that out. He's, so he's left New Mexico and anyway. So the thing that came to mind for both of us was doing something with the old place. And we've talked about this for years. Like, how do you turn it into a place where other people can experience how magical that is? Right. And also into a rental property, a vacation rental property somehow so that it can earn money so that we can afford to keep it because otherwise there's expenses and there's taxes and stuff. And, you know, as my parents get older, I think the three of us were sort of like, you know, we don't want to sell it, but how can we afford to keep it? Yeah. So anyway, one idea that he had had was about, um, that you could develop like sort of upscale camping sites up the Valley where you don't have like an actual cabin that has you know, hot and cold running water and heating and air conditioning and all of that. It's not to that degree, mm-hmm. but you know, something where people could come and camp and like, you know, do the barn, turn the barn into like a community center, like have a kitchen and showers and I don't know, wow. to, you know, like finish it somewhat on the inside, mm-hmm. but have it be a three season. The whole thing is a three season or two and a half season yeah thing you know and then the third the fourth season will be in hawaii (laughs) there you go (laughs) so we we spun this around again and so we're like i've actually gone so far as to do some research and to he thought we should rough in scenarios like to create you know, model business models. Like if we have 10 sites, Mm -hmm. how much do we have to rent them for at 50% occupancy to get a net profit that, you know, we want and stuff like that. And like, and then I'm like, you know, looking at like, what do things go for and whatever. And, Mm -hmm. you know, like the long-term idea, the, the idea I keep coming back to is you have a, a situation where you can either rent out individual site units or you could rent the whole place for a retreat. Yeah. I love that. And, you know, half of it is that experience of being in the, the rainforest. I mean, it's almost a rainforest. 
close yeah. to temperate. I mean, it's rainforest. incredible. It's an incredible spot. It is. Yeah. It is. And and half of the magic of it comes from the unplug that yeah. you have to do there. Yep. <laughs> So no TV, no no internet. Yeah. If you want cell service, you got to hike. Hike to the ridge. Hike to the ridge. But if we had developed, I mean, Stefan's cleared a lot of trails. Yeah. And if we had, if the, the, the sites were, you know, partway up the valley, then you'd already be partway there. Mm -hmm. It would be a lot easier to get up to the ridge. Yeah, that's true. Um, but you know, like the, the, the complete rinse that it does of your system is almost impossible to get these days, anywhere that you go, you know, even if you go to the beach or if you go, go to Hawaii or whatever, it's like somehow you don't get that complete, like, well, we, we live in a time where I feel for me anyway, if the option is there to get on your device or to check the news or to whatever text people or post something to Instagram, I'm going to do it yep. as much as part of me wants to not do it. Right. And, but if you're forced to not, if there is no, if the option is not there, then it's a little like, uh, at first, and then you pass this point where you're like, okay, now I can really relax and really connect to myself and really connect to the land and to the people that are here with me. Um, and it is, it's magic. It is, you know, and not only, not only for that reason, but also because the forest is so vibrant. (sighs) you know, the stream, the Creek, the, the ferns, the rhododendrons, the like, Oh my God. <sighs> Forest bathing retreat. <laughs> with yoga, with, with shamanism, yes. with astrology, maybe with Reiki, all with, of it, all of it. A little more free retreat. Yes. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. So, so anyway, that's sort of hatching around and it keeps, I keep going, "Eh, is it really? But then I keep waking up with visions of the forest there and like a beautiful new sort of building that we, that we've built inside the barn and I don't know. I keep yeah, seeing it. I love it. I love it. Yes. I am saying yes. <laughs> Guess so I'm being a vagabond pays off. <laughs> I know. <laughs> or my, my, anyway, that's great. I, that is, that is amazing. And I, you know, I could definitely see it and I would definitely want to be involved and we will discuss further yes (laughs) and I remember um back when I was dating number two for a while 
he talked with your dad about because he was in architecture and I have lots of architecture and very friends. Um, not that, you know, I mean, Stefan has a lot of skill in that arena, but but I remember he talked with your dad about building more stuff out there. Like he drew up stuff and. Oh my gosh. Do you know where those drawings are? I do can, you have them? I don't have them. I can okay. contact him. I mean, we, we're not really in touch, but there's no bad blood there. So yeah. I'd be happy to reach out and see if he remember. I mean, I'm sure he remembers or, you know, would want to be involved maybe. I don't know. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's such like a design gem. Yeah, it really is. And at the same time, we also have to be practical and think about budget. So there's also yeah. that. Yeah. And the fact that we're not going to disturb the forest so much as to like put in roads or anything like that. So right. there are limitations. We're not going to do air conditioning. No. Um, all right. Well, very cool. Um, I mean, we just keep taking the next step. Yeah. That's how it works. It is how it works. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> what I have a sign up in my office. It says, what is the next aligned action step I can take? Or something along mm. those lines. Mm. That's all you can really do. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so the next bit, and then I'm done. Okay. Is to share some of these gems from Carolyn Mace. Mm. So I think I could send the link to you. She's doing um, Sounds True, mm -hmm. is has collaborated with her to create a new course, and it's called something about transformation. <laughs> the Great Transformation. Ooh. And, um, you know, it's seven of these transformations that she feels like we are being called to make in mm -hmm. response to the times that we're living in. Um, and it's, you know, it's like a $300 course and whatever, but they did a, a free little webinar interview with her and oh, cool. got some highlights out of it, out of the course. And I was just really struck by some of them, because I feel like in some ways, some of them are totally right along the lines of my thinking and the things that I keep like circling back to on my good days and in my good moments <laughs> when I'm yeah. not like gripped in pain and feeling like, uh, I don't know what to do, you know, <laughs> yeah. whatever it is. Um, so one is this, uh, moving from the love of power to the power of love. Oh, wow. <laughs> I love that. And, and the, the example, the very concrete example that she gave about like how you do this is um, actually related to that thing about the spike of envy when something good happens to someone else mm. um, that like, you know, I think most of us like have at least a little reaction like that, if not yeah. like a major one where like we try to like um, undermine somebody or like, you know, talk smack about them or like, you know, negatively just try and bring them down in some way. 
even if we don't think we're that kind of person, there's this way that it just happens often. Um, so she gave an example of her niece recently became engaged and she's crazy about her, the man that, you know, Mm. she's in love with. They're like super in love. She's got like a beautiful wedding ring. I mean, it's kind of like the fantasy fairy tale, like for real has happened for her. And Carolyn said, you know, and then somebody said, you know, well, why couldn't that happen to me? And she said, you know, it's like, it's like, we can't help, but like, just take away a little bit from that person's like joy and their energy and their love with our little envy. Compare and despair, baby. Yup. And that, um, and that, that, um, the, uh, the, the, the sort of the challenge is to find that, you know, the, a way to really genuinely be happy for that other person rather than like, oh, well, I didn't get that. No, 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 no. Or, you know, it's never going to happen for me. You're so lucky. Why does it happen for you? Oh, it's because she's blah, blah, blah. You know, (laughs) all the shit that we spew out. Right. And, um, because, two things, two reasons why. So the power of love, right? Especially if you, if you're like bitter because, you know, love hasn't happened for you. All you've had is a series of heartaches and heartbreaks and betrayals and stuff. Like for you to like genuinely be happy for someone who has found love, like you have to, the only part of you that can do that is the big part of you the part of, you know, like your genuine love, like you can't do it with your mind. You can't, you like, you could try and talk yourself into it. You know, I'm so happy for you. And it's all fake. Right. (laughs) And it feels crappy, you know? Um, but the only, like your, your heart, your genuine heart is the only part of you that is able to do that. Mm. So it's like, you find, you activate the power of your love by being genuinely happy for another person. So like that, like you gain, if you can find like, and I've found this, if I can find that genuine place in me that is genuinely happy for that person, it's like, I become bigger, you know, I connect with my heart. And so that's for one thing. And then this other part was this thing that she keeps talking. She talked about a lot is that, um, we are so powerful. We have such an, we are embedded in the universe, right? We are constantly embedded and connecting with each other and all things, right? And every thought, every action, every reaction that we have affects everything else and it ripples out. Mm. And the only reason you don't feel powerful is that you're constantly like, if you don't feel powerful, the only reason is because you are, you're constantly caught in these cycles of negative thinking, negative reacting, very disempowering beliefs. Like if it happens for her, then that's like less of 
the possibility for me, like it takes away some way somehow from me, their success means, oh, less of the pie for me. So it comes into business as well. Like if they're successful, like as a coach, for example, like they're successful and it's amazing for them and da, 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 da. That means that there's less of an opportunity for me. And, and this is like disempowering scarcity thinking and believing Yes. And you're, 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 you're disempowering yourself on the one hand, and you're putting out toxic pollution, energetic pollution out there into the environment with every thought and deed that you have. So even if you think, oh, well, I never say anything mean to anyone. If you're thinking it, you're putting it out there. (laughs) (laughs) so when you tackle things like that are hard like envy Mm -hmm. right you're like you're you're doing the great work right you're like actually like um you're moving from the love of power to the power of love (laughs) And, um, oh, and there was something else she said. I took notes. So I was like, all right, this is good. I need to remember some of this stuff. Um, let's see. It triggers an inner transformation. Mm, yeah. That's why it triggers an inner transformation. And that inner transformation ripples out. Has the ripple effect. Mm-hmm or the instantaneous effect, who knows dimensions Yeah, Yeah. more than three, you know, I don't know. And it, you know, it like reminded me of something that Glenda Green said about, um, that Jesus said about, you know, the reason I said to love your enemies is not because I want you to just be like all nice to everybody who's mean and just roll over and just, you know, that's not the reason. The reason is because it's so hard to love your enemy that in fact, the only way you can do it is from truly from the love that you are. This is the only place that transforms yourself, transforms yourself, transforms the world. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. So, um, you know, she's all in, you know, she was a medical intuitive and a lot of her work had, she focused a lot on the kinds of language that we use, hmm. um, the things that we say to ourselves or say to others yeah. and these habit patterns. So the really disempowering habit patterns are things like, but, hmm. um, wait, oh, but try Ah, deserve, (laughs) blame. Oh, well, blame is an obvious one, but yes. And entitled. (laughs) Oh, oh, entitled. That one's like nice. Because she's kind of hardcore. Oh, she is hardcore. She's She's hardcore. Yeah. She's like, you know, it's, she's all about moving into the power of love and like great generosity and like, you know, what's good for you is good for me, you know, and like all of that. Mm -hmm. 
But at the same time, she, and I completely agree with this. She believes that the universe and God that we are always in and a part of and experiencing and part, you know, immersed in is both impersonal and intimate. Mm. I feel that. And so like God, I mean, that like on the one hand, like being able to find the truth that our existence is because of grace while at the same time, not believing that I deserve more than anyone else does. Right. Cause anytime you say I deserve you're setting yourself above and apart from other people. <laughs> yeah. Cause it's like, well, what about the other people? Do they deserve to it's sort of like probably right. they probably do. They probably deserve it just as much as you do. (laughs) So, um, and then also that, you know, that, that, that whole kind of like this whole idea that like, if God loves us, God will give us stuff, right. Becomes a sort of like very, um, she's very, anti this sort of grasping capitalist, like, um, Santa Claus mentality that like, if God is grace and blessing us, then I should have like all the money that I want and the perfect career and life and the partner and everything is easy. And, (laughs) and it's like, that isn't the point. And plus we'd be bored. Well, I mean, it's just that it's just that it's very, it's very power over. Yeah. It's hierarchical, hierarchical. It's hierarchical and it's based on scarcity. Based on reward system, scarcity. Yeah. Scarcity, you know, and, and that like being better than others and being separate from others. And, um, anyway, that, that, uh, that, that like, as long as humanity is still unable to imagine a world that, you know, is really like wonderfully like where that really works for everyone, Mm. you know, like a more enlightened society until we can imagine that, like there's going to be human caused, um, trauma and suffering. And if it happens to you, it's because you live in the world and that's it. And then beyond that, it's not personal. Stop taking it so personally. She's really in this, this whole idea of like, you need to get over thinking that it's personal. It's not about you. It's not. And really not. And you might experience a genuine trauma, like a really profound, horrible trauma. But the thing that matters more than that the trauma happened to you because trauma is part of the world that we live in is how you respond to it Mm. and the meaning that you make of it. Yeah. Um, And that's, you know, that's the transformational thing. What did she say? It was actually really good. It was... Oh, 
that you, that you move out of this place of that I'm entitled to justice and that I'm the only one who ever had that experience, right? I'm the only one who ever suffered to a journey of forgiveness, mm. you know, which is the journey of life, yeah. you know, is to, you know, make more in a way what's coming up for me is and i don't even know what this strict definition but atonement Mm. which is at one mint Mm. (laughs) but you are you're moving into unity with this the world the suffering of the world and of others and yeah really like building being forged in the fire of compassion and empathy and like wow like we're really all in this together like we really are all in this together and uh there's so much illusion illusion of separation yeah in the world that is that is proliferated by our culture and by our values and by what we're taught and you know and part of that is the survival mechanism and all that stuff but it's yeah it's wild how much of the distorted reality we humans find ourselves in (laughs) every other day every other hour (laughs) I mean it's like whoops oh yeah oh yeah (laughs) I will say I had a thought the other night when I was dancing in the moonlight on the beach (laughs) that you know maybe this forgetting and remembering that we do it is what turns the wheel of time it is what turns the ages like the individual you know coming home to themselves and then leaving again Mm. that you know those of us that but even those of us that that are enlightened like that jack cornfield book is like all these ecstatic experiences and then it's like oh why am I feeling shitty today? What? <laughs> you know, like yeah. it's this, it's this constant motion. Mm. And like, maybe that is the motion that drives our world and this illusion of time and, and all of that. I mean, I yeah, know, I was getting very philosophical under the stars. <laughs> She had some interesting things to say about that, but Mm. I feel like that's going on too long. But I think you're, yes. I mean, yeah. 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 Um, The last thing that I thought was interesting was she talked about co-creation. Tell me, tell me more. She, but it it sort of relates back to everything we've been talking about. She said that from her point of view, people have a misperception about co-creation that they think that it is this capitalist Santa Claus, like wish fulfillment thing. If I hear one more bullshit post about manifesting this or that, I'm going to do something no I'm not <laughs> anything I'm just gonna roll my eyes and move along but anyway sorry go ahead <laughs> totally totally 
So she, she describes co-creation as what we are doing all the time in every moment, every act we take every breath, every thought is part of our co-creation. And this relates back to the power that we have and the interconnection that we are embedded in. You know, you're always responding to and actually influencing Mm -hmm. everything around you in the whole world. And that it's when you first start, maybe if you've never thought about it like this, it might seem magical and like, how does this even work? And you just kind of, there is a little leap of faith with that. But this is the thing that I keep, you know, (laughs) like with wondering what kind of work I'm going to do and feeling like I want my work to be more in sort of sync with my, you know, you know, inner personal spiritual aspirations. Yeah. I keep getting sucked into that thing that pulls me away from the thing that I know when I'm calm and when Mm -hmm. I'm feeling, when I'm in a good space in this beautiful house which is I know that when I'm in a good space, I am contributing to the field directly in ways that like they're real. Yeah. They are real. They have an impact. Yeah. And it's only when I sort of like forget that and start to go into doubt and feeling like, you know, what am, what am I doing anyway? Like, the only people who are even interested in my input are like Larkin and <laughs> the two people who watch this podcast. <laughs> you know, and Uzi, don't forget Uzi. Uzi, but he only likes me to feed him. Like, really? <laughs> <I love him. laughs> you yeah. know, um, the mind it starts being like, right, right, yeah, and and like actually there is this whole other level that you, where you impact the world and you are impacted by the world, you know, it's kind of like the wave of love, right? You know, it comes to you and then flows back out. (laughs) Um, And that's the co-creation. And so like working with all of your reactions and your thoughts like this is how you can have the most powerful co-creative impact on the world. Yeah. You know, and your moment facilitate this transformation that we're in. Yeah. You know, to become her thing is Carolyn Mace is that we need to become a people who cannot destroy ourselves now that we have the technology to do it, nuclear mm-hmm. power, to become unable to make that bad choice because we know we are interconnected because we are bound by love. Like, yeah, you know, so. Mic drop. Should I drop my mic? Drop my mic drop. No. <laughs> would be a loud noise. But, um, yeah. Wow. I love that. And, and it's so amazing to be reminded of that. 
it's like we don't really have to try to do anything special or spectacular like in the external like way right it's like be here be where you are and you know be you are co-creating by 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 being present in your moment-to-moment experience by just taking that next come from the power of love yes in all things yes taking that one next step being kind noticing your negative little like dialogue and and just calming it no we don't need to no it's fine just kidding whoever's sitting on my shoulder I don't know um but yeah I love that I won't anyway I could ramble on of course but that was said that was said so well so thank you yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I'm almost tempted to actually sign up for the thing. Yeah. Um, I don't know. We'll see. Okay. I don't do the, I don't normally take courses. Yeah. But I'm sort of, you know, like I did the thing with Jade and actually listened to this video. I don't usually play them and listen to the. Yeah. But Well, Notice where you are feeling called. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> That's interesting because I'll just share real quick and then I'm going to go and go back to the beach. <laughs> um, it's interesting because my coach has the... Um, I think they're the, there's some Oracle card deck of goddesses and she picked three times in a row, like months apart when she would like draw a card for me, it was always spider woman, which was co-creation. And then when I did my year ahead spread for this year on January 2nd, the medicine card that I picked for the overall theme of the year was spider okay and so this is just like for you to be telling me this right now it's pretty phenomenal so thank you oh my gosh it's just it's it's really I feel like it's really just like you know the universe speaking through you reminding synchronicities yes Reminding me that no co-creation is in each and every moment. I don't have to go make some big fancy thing or be whatever. It's right here. Yeah. Like co-creation is in this moment. And yeah. 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 I know. Sometimes I think that I'm sort of in this sort of like, interesting holding pattern so that I can understand that, right? Get it, get it, get it like deep down in my bones, not just like as a nice idea that I heard and then forgot. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It becomes part of you. Yes. Mm -hmm. And then it becomes part of what you transmit Mm -hmm. just by walking into a room. 
<laughs> yeah. <sighs> Have a wonderful day and see what the starfish have to say to you. Yeah. I think there's something. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you. Love you. Love you too. Everyone for listening. And um, we'll be back when we're back. We'll have to figure out when we're going to record another one. Yes. When we launch the... Yes, the planner. The June, July planner.